0: Well, hello everyone. Happy, happy Monday. I'm so excited to be here as always because it's something wonderful always to share and to talk about. Well, my brand promise is it's all about when you relevant strategies to disrupt the norm and help us achieve a growing greatness. And this month is October, which is Women's Business Month. And as I thought about what we would talk about this month, I have a couple of things you guys are all know. Right, I do a combination of interviews and also a combination of little lectures and things of that nature. And as I thought about this month, the person I thought about first was Ms. Tina Herbert, who is my guest today. And the reason I thought about Tina is because Tina has a wonderful story to tell. She's going to share about how she is and her law career, because so she is an attorney. Um, she has worked for the students in terms of helping small businesses develop themselves, develop their platforms, not only develop themselves with ideas but help them get funding and things of that nature and right now she continuing her process of lawyering but also is one of the city council district one in uh, uh columbia south carolina city council but i want tina to tell you more about her journey because she has a lucky career and i want people to understand she's going to share a little about some of her uh, uh, bad experiences, stressful uh, experiences, being a woman in business, being a woman attorney, being an African-American woman attorney, being a, a, a city official. And I want her to share that so, so, Tina, welcome.
1: Oh, thank you, Gwen. Thank you. It, it is my honor to be here. Um, and, you know, I have loved you since the day I met you Um working at the city of Columbia and, and your breadth of knowledge and marketing. And I remember you just giving me the list of all of your former clients. And I think we even talked about cogent connections. Yes, um, yes. So I think you and I became friends day one. So I'm I'm honored to be here with you.
0: Thank you. So tell us a little bit about this journey. Um yeah, I know that we talk about the culture connection, Church of God in Christ. Um, you know, she has grandparents on both sides that were ministerial <laughs> and that kind of thing. So she's a, was a PK yeah. square, a fourth, four, some of what's PPK. And the things you kind of went through in terms of your journey, because you've done a lot of stuff, undergrad degree, graduate degree, attorney, attorney, yeah. all you have. Tell me about your journey. Um, I,
1: you know, I've had a very interesting journey. Um I'm born and raised right here in Columbia, South Carolina, and I literally live, I guess it's about maybe a mile from my first address um, in life, Um, Mm -hmm. Willow Run Apartments with my parents, and and my parents were both preacher's kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's an interesting, y'all must know, that's an interesting experience when both of your parents are preacher's kids. Um, And so, you know, I grew up um, with very, very deep AME roots. Um, and so I had to do all things AME all of my life. I tell folks that I got my foundation in the AME church um, because both of my grandfathers were AME ministers. All of their brothers were AME ministers. And then I had a grandmother. I have a grandmother. I'm sorry. My mother's mom is still a AME minister at 97 years old. Wow. So um, got a great, great foundation, had to speak at every event, okay, if I wanted to or not. Uh, my yeah. grandmama or my mama made me okay. uh, Sunday choir, uh, YPD conference, everything. But um, it, it really helped develop me and helped me, uh, you know, really give me the ability to do a lot of public speaking because I had to, you know, I had to, and I had to do it well because you know you can't embarrass the family.
0: So, you know My
1: grandmother would have me practice it over and over again. Uh, but I ended up um, at Keenan High School. I graduated. In 92, and I was fortunate enough to play the violin. Um, I think a lot of folks may not know that Richmond One has an awesome orchestra program, uh, mm-hmm. and I was glad I was able to be a part of that, and I played the violin from 6th grade to 12th grade. And my teacher, Freddie Grace, called me, you know, the summer after I graduated and said, would you be interested in playing your violin for a scholarship? And at the time, me and my mom could not agree on anything. Oh, we could not agree on any school. Um, And so I went for the audition, and I was offered a full ride to a school called St. Augustine's College in Raleigh, North Carolina. I didn't know what St. Augustine's College was. Um, I I remember I spelled Raleigh, R-O-L-L-E-Y, when I was (laughs) filling out my paperwork. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Okay. And look, I know they thought that
1: I was special. I said I really don't know. I mean, I I knew nothing about the school because I auditioned, and two weeks later, my mama dropped me off. Um, but it was a wonderful experience, um, a wonderful opportunity because it was a free ride, you know, free ride to school. Mm-hmm. Um, I say got a, a bachelor's degree in accounting there and decided to go to law school. Um, and I also got pregnant there and had my daughter my sophomore mm-hmm. year. I think that was my sophomore mm-hmm. year. Um, mm-hmm. Had to sit out a semester, um, but still, you know, wanted to finish. So I went back and finished um, and then went to law school And in, uh, in 2000. I graduated from Central.
0: Let me, let me stop you, man. Don't rush over that. That is a big deal. <laughs> um, there's so many women, people <laughs> of all nationalities who uh, perhaps had a child before they had planned to have one. And the Absolutely. behind Absolutely. that, stigma stigma, not stigma, the stigma behind that, um, just being overwhelmed with the child, um, they would have stopped. But oh, you well, so on. you know so look, you remember I told
1: you about all the AME ministers now. <laughs> you heard me talk about all the AME ministers in the family. Mm-hmm. Um and, and you know, for my family, I was the bright and shining star. You know, I always mm-hmm. did well academically, never got in any real trouble. Um, uh, mm-hmm. to say that my mama was devastated is to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um and then of course I'll never forget um at the time, um of course two nine two oh three is where I lived. And at the time, they had the highest rate of teen pregnancy at, at, during those years. And mm-hmm. it took, for me, it was also one of those reflections of, you know, you can go away for a while, but, you know, some of those same um, issues that we have in our communities can follow you, you know, wherever mm-hmm. you are.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but I remember thinking I was grown, and I said, mm-hmm. well, I'm taking me and my baby. We're going back to Raleigh. And I'm grown, I got it all figured out, and, you know, none of those plans were there. Like, you know, the the apartment didn't come through, the job didn't come through, and I'll never forget my grandmother, you know, the one that's the AME minister that's 97 now. Mm -hmm. She says, well, if you're going back to Raleigh with this child, I'm coming with you. Wow. And I remember saying, I I can't take my grandmama to college. Like, I can't. (laughs) I can't take you to college, you know. I love you, grandmama. Uh, And so, you know, they won. My mama and my grandmother won, and I actually left Asada here with Mm -hmm. them for the next year and a half while I finished school. Um, But at that point, you know, I I think I probably became even more focused because I knew now I had an additional responsibility. Um, Mm -hmm. And before I was honestly going to just do accounting, and when I checked the salaries, I said, oh, you got responsibilities now. And mm-hmm. I looked at the numbers and said, you need a career with more money. I mean, and that's okay. how I, literally how I decided to go to law school. So, um, and that was a journey, having a child. It really was. Mm-hmm. I, I became instantly a non traditional student. Um, but I loved, um, I loved North Carolina Central University because one of my professors, my tax professor, which is one of the most difficult classes, one day he said, "Miss Herbert, I don't want you missing class. So even if you have to bring your child with you, bring her to class with you. And I said, yes, sir. Uh, You know, I appreciated it. So they wrapped my, you know, they wrapped their arms around me too at North Carolina Central. Um, But then I came home. Yeah. And well, you know, you know, we also have to learn that everything happens for a reason because I had applied to Duke and I had applied to Chapel Hill. Mm -hmm. And I did not get into Duke and I was devastated. And I didn't. Chapel Hill put me on their waiting list in law school and then I was offended. So I was devastated and offended and said, Well let me apply to Central and Central let me write in. Um and, you know, those doors were closed for a reason because I wouldn't have been able to go to Duke University Law School um walking in the door with my child in a bag of, you know, a McDonald's, no. a happy meal because she's no. and a coloring book because, you know, it's a holiday or something that they care or she's not feeling one hundred percent would have been able to do it so everything happened for a reason Um, but we did come back home in 2000 and I started practicing law Um, I've done a little bit of everything I've clerked for a judge I've been a public defender doing criminal work I have represented small businesses Um, I've done insurance defense Um, and I've worked um, I worked with Steve Benjamin for years before he became mayor and then when he did become mayor I left the practice of law altogether and went to the city. Um, mm-hmm. I was there for seven years. I did community development. I started in the community development department and then mm-hmm. I went over to director of OBO, which is like our small business office um, and had a really, really good time. And that's where I met you. Um, right. Really good time there helping businesses build their capacity because what we realized, particularly as, as, as black people and particularly as black women, We have great ideas and we have great concepts. We have great skills, but we don't have that institutional knowledge that's been passed down for five generations on how to run a restaurant or how to run an accounting firm or, um, you know, whatever area you're in. And so we really needed a lot of capacity building. Um, And I tell people, and, and there's no shame in that, because I went to law school and law school teaches you about the law but they don't teach you how to run a law practice.
0: You know, they don't tell you
1: who the best people are to hire. They don't mm-hmm. tell you how to market so that you get great clients. Um, they don't know, tell you how to do collections so that you get the money for the work that you do. Um, mm-hmm. So we found that across the board. Um, but it's so critical that we, particularly as black women continue to work in that vein, because it's also um, business ownership is how we really, really increase our wealth or for Mm -hmm. some of us, just develop some kind of wealth, um, is in business ownership. So um, it's a must that we have to do, and helping people do it um, and helping them fill in the gaps with their capacity um, Mm -hmm. was really, really important to me and fun to me as well.
0: You did a whole lot in the business uh, office OBO. Yes, that's where we met. Um, but um tell tell everyone about the kind of the, some of the programs you institute you involved in um some of the, the seminars and workshops and things you developed under your watch at OBL
1: well we did look we did do a lot i think that's why i was yes. so tired uh, uh one of my uh, the the things that was probably the most and well i had a lot of most importance but Um, The Business Opportunity Conference, Minority Business Opportunity Conference, was very important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, That was the first conference of this type at the city where we um, put out a list of all the services and products that the city buys. And Mm -hmm. we let people know this ahead of time so that if Mm -hmm. you sell um, or provide this service, then you need to be here in the building. And then we set up... um, Every single department in the city had to come or send a representative of someone that purchases one of their purchases mm-hmm. so that people could directly meet, sit down, and have like 10 minutes with the purchasing officer for that department. Because mm-hmm. what we realized is, and I'm sure you understand this, minorities don't have one-on-one um, relationships with the purchasers and already city departments. Absolutely. Um, and so. A lot of times, you know, and, and we all are probably guilty of it at some point, but once you start using a vendor that you like, you want to stay with that vendor for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Well, in city government and taxpayer dollars, that's not necessarily how you should do it. Um, and what we found is that um, a lot of people would say, well, we don't know anyone. And I said, oh, okay, I'll help you solve that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. and then people give you, you know, when people say, I can't find a minority business, you know, it was my job to say, oh, oh, oh I can help you find it. Um, right. And so that conference, it started, and I think they're continuing to do it. But giving minority businesses the opportunity to have that one-on-one time, even if it is just 10 minutes, that they would never otherwise get was very, very mm-hmm. important. Uh, we also did the Real Woman of Columbia, and that was more fun than it was substantive. But I highlighted um, – Seven or eight women in various industries. We had mm-hmm. Cynthia Hardy, who had a TV show. We had LaCenta Lewis, who was in construction. Um, Betty Price, who was in construction. Tangie um, Beatty, she had Wild wow Productions. We had Tamika Isaac Devine, who was in politics and a lawyer. Um, we had um, Denise, who had the blow dry bar. But it was an opportunity to bring. You know, black women, or oh, and Mary. So black women and Mary Sparrow, who is my, who mm-hmm. is the mother shucker. Um, you know, just an opportunity for women to talk about the challenges, um, the frustrations, and the fun times of being um, women in business and the climate that we had. So that was always pretty cool. And then the last thing I did that I think that was really really significant in addition to the facade program, but was the um, CDBE code, and that's the Columbia Disadvantaged Business Enterprise Program. Right. Um, I wrote Very that accurate. as a way to, yeah, to help us get our, our numbers up with spending, um, spending dollars with disadvantaged businesses. Um, and that's just one of those things that you had to tackle from a variety of directions. You couldn't just do that from, you know, so we could have the Business Opportunity Conference, but that's just one part. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we also needed some policy in place that also provided incentives, you know, for city staff to Mm -hmm. um, use the businesses. So, um, yeah, we did a lot of stuff. Um, I had a really, really good time there, Um, Mm
0: -hmm. and I
1: hope that some of the businesses were able to benefit from it.
0: Absolutely. I I was. um, Let me say that. I definitely was. And you also helped instrument the fact that the city had to put a certain percentage into minority-owned oh, yeah. Businesses, and businesses, yeah, right.
1: So before, I, yeah, before, when I got to the city, and it's interesting because that's the primary purpose of our office. You know, fundamentally, is to mm-hmm. increase spending with um, small minority women-owned businesses. But we didn't have a goal, and so I asked the city manager, "Can we just can we start with a goal?" And so as a part of a goal, um, the, the the beautiful thing about creating a goal is that means we have to start counting. Mm-hmm. And up until that time, you know, we couldn't get good numbers from anyone. And so the goal then put the honest on everyone to make sure, you know, that, that we were counting numbers. And i never forget um, someone saying, well, how do we know those numbers are going to be right? And I said, oh, I'm going to send you your numbers. <laughs> Look, I'm going to send every single department, their printout, every quarter, and you can verify it. So it won't be Tina saying it. Right. You will verify and confirm what your numbers were. And so the first time we did a count, we were at 5%. The goal was 10. And this past year, um, we were able to actually increase the goal itself to 15% because we were achieving 15% um, with disadvantaged businesses. So um, that, was, that was pretty, pretty critical. And, you know, I didn't know if it was going to be successful or not, um, but I do believe that you have to try something. Mm -hmm. Um, try it, and then they did a lot of changes to it recently, and I'm totally fine with that. You know, take it, mold it, um, update it, because at the end of the day, you just want a policy that really works and Mm -hmm. provides good outcomes. So, um, yeah, that was that was one of my I think. I think once we got it passed, I said, I think I can go on and be with the Lord now you know, <laughs> I, you know I got my you know I got my grandma spirit, so I can go on and be with the Lord okay. we got we got a pop- <laughs> <The thing> about <laughs> that, that
0: is, I think all of all of you guys should look into your areas um different states and cities have different um different um programs and offices, but there's something similar to the Office of business opportunities or minority of business or something in your city or state or county or whatever. And don't overlook that opportunity, especially being a minority and or women-owned business. Find out what those organizations right. are and get involved and see how you can let that benefit you. So they also have – can you tell mm-hmm. about the of business in terms of financial health and stuff like that that you guys have done?
1: Right. So we also did loans. I think at the time our portfolio was about $5 million and I think it's grown a lot with the um, – with the COVID relief funds, but we were able to give loans up to $200,000 to small businesses, Um, and we often gave loans when banks wouldn't. And so that's very, very critical for small businesses who don't have capital. Um, and, And a lot of our businesses, I mean, unless it's easier for someone such as myself who is in professional services, Um, not to need a whole bunch of cash or capital. But if you have a product that you're trying to deliver, you need cash on hand. Um, Mm -hmm. And so being able to do that was was pretty good. Um, And we had to make a lot of hard decisions because, you know, I would get a lot of businesses and the concept was good, but when I looked at the three-year projections, because and a lot of people didn't realize, I mean, I had an MBA, so I could look at it and say, I don't think that's going to work. Uh, or give them some advice on, um, and not that I was an expert in any area, but I could do a high-level glance to see if you really had a good grasp of what you were doing um, and then kind of give you some direction if you needed to go look at, you know, some break-even analysis, if you needed to do some mentoring or be a mentee to another business. But um, finance, being able to give people capital, um, makes or breaks a business. So Absolutely. being able to do that was super crucial. And for us, too, um, making sure people were able to repay the loans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, you know, that's a hard decision because, um, you know, I took, we took collateral. Um, mm-hmm. and I turned down a lot of people and they didn't understand. I, I said, because remember, if you don't pay this loan back, I'm coming to get your house and mm-hmm. I don't want your house. So um, one of the council persons used to say sometimes turning a person down for a loan was huge because you know we're going to keep you out of bankruptcy from making you know a bad decision mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, so it's, there's balance there but when you have a good a good restaurant um, we did um what's my place uh, peace of soul is one warm up is one um, being able to pour into businesses and see them that's pretty cool. Tolliver's on North Main Street. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just cool to see how you can help businesses survive and help black businesses stay in business, particularly during COVID too. Right.
0: Well, you know, here's, here's one thing I want you guys to kind of get from Tina. Um, you can talk here about her career. She had some bumps there and things and always forgot the way it did, but she kept on pushing. And I want to talk about that tenacity. And as you are a political figure Uh, When you were OBO, because there were people looking at you from every Mm aspect, I'm sure, Uh, business people, bankers, other politicians, you're not doing me fair, the people saying you're not fair, oh, she didn't help me out, she would give me a loan. How do you keep pushing (laughs) and going forward? And that's what I want women to understand, because this is not a cakewalk. While everything she's accomplished has been Mm -hmm. great, but there is a, a tenacity and some, 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 some bootstrapping you have to do. And so talk to us a little bit about that before we go into the political piece.
1: Um, well, you know, first thing, one of the lessons I learned many, many, many years ago is if you make a solid decision, and by a solid decision I mean you do the research or you've given it adequate consideration or you have a good reason for whatever your decision is, then, you know, you can stand behind it because, you know, as a director, I had to make decisions and mm-hmm. um, had to be able to respond to those decisions. And so I just made sure, you know, and, and, and you know, I pray um, mm-hmm. and I ask for discernment and I just would say, um, I hope, you know, make sure this is the right decision. Um, and then you just stand, you have to stand flat footed and say that is the decision um, when people disagree with you now you know if you get new information or something you know you could change it up but i was just very decisive um most of my career Um, the other thing is like i said earlier you never know why doors close Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: i have just learned um whatever state i'm in therewith to be content and so if, Mm -hmm. if something doesn't go right i'm just like well lord i you will reveal that plan to me at the appropriate time i guess look i guess and i you know i'm sarcastic too me and the lord we talk a lot so you know Mm -hmm. we we talk so much i talk any kind of way sometimes um Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day when you know that he has given you an assignment Mm -hmm. and when you know that you're not done then you don't have the opportunity to um to stop and i remember one of my good friends she came in my office and she just had a little fit And she started crying, and and I'm not saying that she wasn't going through something serious because it was pretty serious, and it was going to totally impact her career and a million-dollar business that she had. And she just looked at me after she cried, and she said, how do you do it? And I said, well, first of all, um, I don't have the luxury to sit here and cry about it. And she just said, Natina, I said, I don't because I'm so busy Trying to handle the next thing or the next thing or the next thing, because um, you will have your moments. So you do have to have your breakdowns, mm-hmm. but um, but you have to stay focused. You know, you you yeah, have to stay awesome. focused. You have to, yeah. You can't. You you know, you can have a little bit of moments, and and um, and and I do believe that you do have to take those moments. But mm-hmm. I, in that moment, something, we were dealing with major stuff, and I just looked at it and said, that's a luxury that you have to sit there mm-hmm. and cry mm-hmm. in front of me. I don't have mm-hmm. that luxury to sit here and cry in front of you, um, because people are watching me and people are judging me. Um, right. And so you, you just have to find it in yourself. And I think that you, you don't get it from yourself. The Lord tells you that you, you have a purpose and, you, you know, and there's something mm-hmm. for you to do, and you just have to keep reminding yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remind myself daily, I'm not finished yet. There's a purpose. We got to finish. We got to finish. Come hell or high water, we got to finish. And so you just kind of find, and what I have found, just like at the beginning of the show, I can't remember what Princess said, but whatever she said, it was very encouraging to me. And what I have found is that along the way, people will give you that encouragement and not Mm -hmm. even knowing that you need it. So, on my mm-hmm. bad days, it's just very interesting um how someone will say something and it will catch me off guard and 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 I would be like, "I really needed that today mm-hmm. um so the Lord will send you people you know a pleasant word here, a pleasant word there um to just keep you keep you in the, keep you in the game and keep you um keep you going to the next step until you finish whatever he has you working on.
0: That's it. Well, it's interesting you said that you don't have the luxury. My sister always tells me, um, Jesus got up in three days. So you got mm-hmm. three days tomorrow. I, 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 I love it. From a child, I love it. My, biggest, my biggest encourager, no matter where I was living, in New York, I have my own business or whatever, I have my own business or whatever, she would tell me, okay, that's fine, but Jesus got up in three days. You got three days. I love and, it, and, I, and that's I, so I would, true. I would give it three days. I would make myself put together within those three <laughs> days, because you know, it's like okay. Well, and now, you now have to are, be
1: careful because yeah. you can stay there. You know, you can't stay down. You got to get
0: up. That's so and, true. And so you have kept on going. So now you're back in law, and more than that, you're giving it to the city. You are running for city council. Talk to me a little bit about that. What made you decide to run for city yeah. council?
1: Um, honestly, my time at the city, um, uh-huh. I, uh, I got to observe so much. I'm one of those people that um, whatever I do, I kind of put my whole self into it. Mm-hmm. So I attended council meetings even when I didn't have to. Um, mm-hmm. I supported other, you know, departments even when I didn't have to because that's just kind of like, you know, if you're in it, you're in it. Um, and I really um, grew fond of it. And, you know, honestly, before I worked at the city, I had no clue about how it operated and the things that were there. Um, and so I've watched and I just realized this would be my next level of service. And that's what it is. I think some people think running for office um, is, you know, you're looking for a glorified title. Um, you, you want people to know who you are. I, look, people already know my name. I'm, I'm so low-key. Look, And you, you, Glenn, you know I try to keep my name real low key so i'm not i'm not looking for that you know not looking for Mm -hmm. attention um but i do feel that my history between my community service my community development work um my economic development work with the city just puts me in a unique posture to serve my own community and district one where i've been my whole life my grandmother is still here my 97 year old grandmother lives in the district um, mm-hmm. my grandparents on my dad's side, Their my family home is in the district. So I've, I've gotten so much and I do believe that to whom much is given, much is required. And mm-hmm. so I owe the city, I owe the district, um, some service. Um, my goal is to make it a little bit better. Um, yes. really a lot better, but it, at very mm-hmm. least a little bit better. Uh, particularly in this transition as Mr. Davis, who served for 22 years, um, I just thought it was a great time for me to come in and try and get some things done for the district um, and help, look, help my, help my community.
0: Right. And she has helped her community. Cause like I said, she said earlier, this is where she grew up in 29203. So we are excited about the possibilities. Um, Tina is going to be um, at the Wiley Kennedy Family Life Center on uh, October the 14th, Thursday with the other candidate for um, city council. Uh, the District 1 candidate as well as at-large candidate. So uh, consider coming out if you're in the Columbia area, or uh, feel free to go online and watch it live on Facebook. Um, You can call in, ask questions. But she will be on that panel to discuss her plans for 29203 District 1, um, how she is unique and different for this position. And we're just really excited about it. But we have someone we think that uh, as a businesswoman uh, knows how to Uh, conduct herself, um, who is very smart, uh, very intelligent, but I think more importantly, who cares, who actually cares about the people in the community, and especially for 29203, trying to uh, encourage and grow that economic base for businesses. Her knowledge level is going to be very, very important to us. So that's a wonderful thing. Tina, anything else you want to say before we close out?
1: No, I just want to thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, it's been a pleasure watching you over the years and in your new roles. Um, so I'm just tickled. And anything mm-hmm. you ever need from me, you know how,
0: uh, you know where I am. And do not ever hesitate to call. Right. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Listen, everyone will be here again uh, next Monday. Um, have another guest talk about women women empowerment, women's business I want you all to be uh, excited about the rest of the week this is the first day of the work week to go out and be great thank you, have a good evening it's Growing in Greatness radio show with host Gwendolyn Singletary we want to be your source for reliable relevant and informative strategies that disrupt the norm and to help ambitious achievers grow in greatness, don't miss it Mondays at 6 p.m. right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Achievers grow in greatness. Greatness, greatness.